long live the king. This queen too shall go the way of all the earth. And that image one day will also be worthless. So you have to be careful about images and what you follow. Now, I mean, if you think of Adam born, right, or you born, Adam was created there in the Garden of Eden. God said he made man, you know, in, after his likeness, in his image. That's a fantastic thing. Now, you can see the progression on the bottom here. God made this awesome creature, man, but who came in the middle? The devil. Devil came, and then you end up with this here. You end up with a shadow of what God had created, right? Adam lost his authority, like Caesar. Adam lost his image. He was still a vessel. He was still a human being. But the authority, the presence of God within him was gone. We lived, I grew up in a very happy family, 181 Clifton Park Avenue, Belfast. Nine brothers and sisters. It was a great house, a great family. But my parents moved out when we all left home, and they got a little flat on their own. And I went back, and my dad gave me the key to our old home. And he said, go and have a look. And the way he looked at me, he was saying, you're going to be shocked. And I didn't know why I would be shocked. I took the key. I went round to the house that I grew up in. Whoa. It, whatever was life in that place, it was gone. It was a shell. To be honest, it scared me a little bit. It was totally vacant. It was empty. Have you ever had an experience like that? Whatever that was, it's not there now. And that's really what happened Adam. This was what we call original sin, by the way. I'm not going to trick you because it's Christmas Day, right? <laughs> but if you ask people who committed the original sin, they say, Adam. Uh -uh. Wrong. They say, oh, no, no, sorry, Eve. Uh -uh. Wrong. Sorry, the devil. Uh -uh. Wrong. Wrong every time. See, the original sin was committed by an angel called Lucifer before the throne of God, right? Not so much man. Man's sin came later. Next slide, please. If you take a look at this, in the Garden of Eden, the snake came in, the angel fell. His name was changed to Satan, the originator of sin. And in that garden was God's children, Adam and Eve, you and me. And they fell. The devil tempted them. He, he deceived Eve. And they fell. By the way, give me your attention. Please listen. Nowhere in Scripture does it say salvation is offered to Satan. Right? Nor does it say salvation is offered to demons. What do they get? They get judgment, okay? Why? Because they originated sin. That's why. God holds them accountable. So they got swift, eternal judgment immediately with no offer of mercy. However, in that garden, man also had a responsibility. He should, Eve should not have disobeyed, nor should Adam. However, because it didn't originate with them... God had mercy on what he had created. And it's the same for you. When God looks at you, he has mercy towards you. But you must avail of that mercy. Next slide, please. Some of you, if you've been watching television this week, have you seen this? This is a complete tragedy. This court case was up this week in Bath. This guy here, 
is the driver of a truck. He was driving a HGV lorry, and the brakes failed, and he drove that HGV into a back garden in Bath, and he killed five people. And the court case was heard this week. Now, guess what happened? Shock of all shocks. He was declared innocent. The owner of the company and the manager of the vehicles were declared guilty. They weren't even there. They weren't present. He drove the truck. He killed five people. How can the judge come to this conclusion? Well, the news report said this. He, that driver picked up the keys. He was deceived. He did not know that the brakes didn't work. Right? The responsibility for the welfare of that vehicle was with these guys. So mercy was extended to this man, but none to these guys. Do you follow? It's the same. Now, here's a question. Do you think he feels innocent? No. He said, well, I heard a little snippet when he was leaving the court, you know, he just spoke back to the camera and he said, all I'm concerned about is that the families are okay. That's all I'm concerned about. Forget about me. No, I don't think he feels in any way innocent, but you know what he is? He's declared innocent. That's a different thing. Completely different thing. It's something he has to take and accept and walk away with, with really great, great gratitude and thankfulness in his heart. And so do you and I. When I was in Cardiff Uni, we had one lecturer who, oh man, he gave me a hard time. He was supposed to be teaching us biblical studies, but he undermined scripture. He undermined the word of God every time he opened his mouth. And there was about 20 people in my year. I would constantly put my hand up and try and defend God's word. And he was really getting to me. And one day I prayed about it. I said, God, I am, I've had it with this guy. His name was Jeffrey Palmer. And I had a word from the Lord, <laughs> which changed my perspective, not just on that man, but really on people. God spoke so gently to me and said, he is not so much a deceiver. He himself is deceived. Cool. He is not so much a deceiver. He himself is deceived. And I suddenly, it changed the way I looked at him. It changed my attitude towards him. The next time I was back in class, I gave him grace. I gave him mercy. And friends, your family, when they're lost, they don't know Jesus. They need your grace. They need your mercy. They need your understanding. And if you have the, the, the great fortune to be born again here this morning, there but for the grace of God, go you every time. So be grateful. Next slide, please. Many of you will have followed this court case, right? This was on all year. Man alive, did they show this case. Oscar Pistorius. And just look at this father, right? What on earth is going through his mind? I know what's going through his mind. Five bullets, please. I'll give him the same as he gave my image, my child. But there's one thing constraining that guy. I don't believe it's mercy. It's law. It's law and judgment. So he's not jumping up. He's constrained by the law of the land. But is this what Scripture calls? Is God's mercy like this? Is God's mercy struggling 
you know, to say, I forgive, yeah, okay, I forgive you. If that's the way we perceive God, we're going to have trouble approaching Him because we'll ultimately see Him as bad. Next slide, please. Shakespeare wrote these famous words, really alluding to God in the play, The Merchant of Venice. The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth down as gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. It is twice blessed. It blesseth him that gives and him that takes. And many people have written many pieces on that first line. What does it mean that the quality of mercy is not strained? What does that mean? Well, I think it's very obvious what it means. It means that God is not like Mr. Steenkamp. No harm to him. God bless him and enable him to, to cope with forgiveness in a terrible situation. But when God extends his grace and his mercy to you, it is not begrudgingly. It's not reluctantly. It's happily, actually. And it's important that we get that and we know that. So here's a question for you. When did Jesus die? And you say to me, um, 2,000 years ago, he died on a cross. Say, he's not going to answer my questions because he knows it's a trap. <laughs> you say, 2,000 years ago, he died on a cross. I say, okay, that's a reasonable answer. But it's, to be honest, it's half an answer. It's half an answer. Here's another question. If I say that Jesus is 100% God, is that right? That's right, isn't it? Amen. He's too frightened to say yes or no. Yes, it's right. It's right, but it's just not complete. Because he's not just 100% God, he's also 100% man, right? So I can say he's 100% man, I am correct. But I'm not complete. Right? Are you with me? It's important. When did Jesus die? And we say he died on the cross. That is correct, but it's not complete. Because scripture says the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Okay? It's a very important point, a bit like the original sin mistake. It's a very important point because I've got to understand that I'm not, God is not reluctantly sending His Son. Next slide, please. God is not reluctantly sending His Son. Listen to me. If you think that the necessity of sending Jesus was an afterthought or a response to something, you are grossly mistaken. If you think I sinned and God had to send, uh, you know, God went, oh no, look what you've done now. You've gone in sin. Now I'm going to have to send my son. And now, now, oh, okay, I'll send him, but I don't really want to. Wrong. Right? Wrong. God is not like Mr. Steenkamp. But before the foundations of the world, right, the lamb was slain. We read it when we did the New Covenant huh? in Isaiah. And that means to me that this is actually a happy gift. Not reluctantly given. For unto us a child is given. Unto us a son is born. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes and that signified his kingship. He was laid in a limestone manger which is what they put bodies in. It's a tomb. Tombs, even to this very day, are made of the same stone. So this was the one who was born to die. 
born in your place, happily, I repeat, happily, gladly, God the Father sends his son. Last slide. God is in the business of getting people into heaven, not keeping them out. Amen? And God is happy, happy, contented that you receive him. And if you're here this morning and you have not received Christ, please understand he's not a bad God. He's an eternally good God who in eternity past knew you would sin, knew you would fall, made an agreement with his son before you committed anything wrong, before you came into this planet. Agreement was made. Then time came about. Then you came here. But a long time ago, God himself has provided for you. Happy Christmas, right? <laughs> Christmas is Christ Mass, the celebration of Christ's sacrifice. But it's a happy Christ Mass. It's a happy sacrifice. Amen? And I just hope that you receive it. Many of you will have already set the table, already cooked the food, <laughs> right? And you'll go home to a set table. And Jesus told a parable just like that. He said, I have set the table. There's a banquet, but the people won't come. Remember? He said, this sacrifice will not be wasted. Go out to the highways and byways and bring them in that they may celebrate. Count yourself blessed that you're in the house of God this morning. Amen. Right? Amen. Because many will not hear of him either today or any other day. But you are in the sound of the call to come to that table. I sat with, some, I sat with someone this week. I was explaining that I'm born again. And they were looking and said, you? They gave me that look, you know. I said, do you know what? Yes, I am born again. And you might be shocked to know people a lot worse than me too. Yeah. People a thousand times worse than me, born again, saved, and going to heaven. So if you stay away, you only judge yourself, really. You're bringing it on yourself. What a happy Christmas it would be for God, right? If you make today the day you come to that banqueting table and receive his happy gift of his son. Just bow your heads one moment. I want to pray for those here who have...